everyone. I'm Stephanie. I'm a book-loving, notebook hoarding reader and writer on a mission to change lives one book and one notebook at a time. And this is the Get Literate Podcast. Each week, we mix together books, notebooks, mindful practices, and creativity to cultivate a life we love. You can expect regular weekly episodes focused on three books you need to know about on a bookish theme, and we'll bring those themes to life in our actual lives too. You can also expect author interviews, notebooking inspiration, and topics to help us grow through what we go through. Now, let's grab a notebook and your TBR list and let's get literate. Welcome to another episode of the Get Literate podcast, the first episode of 2023. I started this podcast in the summer of 2022, so I haven't been able to welcome a new year yet with you together until now. So, Happy New Year! (laughs) This year, I have big plans for myself and for the podcast. In the last episode, I talked about those three unique questions that I use to reflect on my reading life and to set reading goals. And I've been using them to think about my goals for the podcast in 2023 as well. I want to grow my podcast habits, which means continuing to post at least one episode per week with as many bonus episodes as I can fit in. I want to work on my podcast heart, which means creating episodes about books and reading and notebooks and writing and bringing in guest speakers, especially authors and and much more. And I also want to work on growing my podcast community. So sharing my podcast widely, growing the listeners who listen to it and connecting with as many other bookish people as I can. That's why I am so excited about today's guest. I wanted to kick off the first episode of 2023 with something special, and I did. I am thrilled to talk to Jules of the Literary Lifestyle today. Now, Jules has an amazing blog with so much good bookish content that I have enjoyed for a while. And she runs the Rory Gilmore Book Club. She maintains this amazingly long list of over 500 books that have either been read or seen or mentioned or referenced in some way on the popular Gilmore Girls series. She also hosts a book challenge all year long based on the Gilmore Girls. And I thought, This is the perfect episode to start 2023 with, especially if you are looking for somewhat of a different challenge for your reading life this year. So Jules is going to share three books that she wants us to know about from the Gilmore Girls and will invite us to her challenge too. So without further ado, let's talk with Jules of The Literary Lifestyle. Jules, welcome to the Get Literate podcast. I'm so excited to chat three books with you today. Hi, me too. So 
I've been a fan of your blog, The Literary Lifestyle, for a little while now when I I literally just stumbled upon it on Google when I was searching for some books to read. And I found your Rory Gilmore list and your challenge that you did. And I was instantly intrigued. My daughter and I binged watched that entire series together, both the original and, you know, the one of, of them in adulthood. Um, and I thought, what a perfect way to keep that star's hollow magic going than by you know, reading the books that are mentioned in the episodes. And I had no idea there were so many that were referenced throughout all those episodes until I saw them packaged uh, on, on your website. So I'm so excited not only to talk with you today, but to talk Rory Gilmore, to talk Gilmore Girls and your challenge um, on the podcast. So welcome. I'm so happy to be here. Awesome. Why don't you tell listeners a little bit about yourself, about your blog, and especially about your challenge coming up? So I'm actually a former lawyer, um, but I've wanted to be a lawyer and a writer since as long as I can remember um, as a child. And in 2019, I finally um, brought the writing aspect into my life with my blog, The Literary Lifestyle. And the way it came about was um, I had been writing all of these book reviews on my phone and I'd also gotten married in 2019. So I was also taking a lot of notes on wedding planning and honeymoon planning and things like that. And when we came back, I had that creative void in my life. And I realized I had all these notes, literally over a thousand notes on my phone related to both books and related lifestyle. So um, that's when I really decided that I wanted to share what was already on my phone with my friends or the world, you know, whoever was going to read it at that point um, and have this, this creative outlet. Um, and since then it, it grew and almost a year ago, it became my full-time job. Um, but back in um, during COVID, so it would have been fall of 2020, um, you know, we were all stuck at home and I, I was thinking about, you know, I really wanted a cozy show to watch. And I was also thinking, you know, it's getting to the end of the year and I was thinking about what do I want my next year reading list to look like? And I was thinking, you know, I've been kind of disappointed this year with all the new book releases that have been getting hyped up on Instagram. And I missed out on all these books, you know, when I was in, in law school and college and kind of that period when the Gilmore Girls was on the early 2000s. Um, and it just kind of both connected at the same time where I thought, you know, I never actually saw Gilmore Girls straight through, and it's a really nice, cozy show to watch while we're stuck at home. It and is. I knew that this book list had been floating around the internet for a couple of years of books that had been mentioned on the show that were from that time period, and also some of the classics that I may not have read in high school that were missed. So um, I just sort of casually mentioned it on my Instagram page, like, hey, I'm thinking of doing this, you know, just kind of throwing it out there. And I never got so much interest in something. So I decided to make it a thing. Um, and since that time, you know, we it, it's really grown because I've expanded the book list um, to include the Netflix series and, and books that were not originally mentioned on the original list that was floating around. And then um, I also started a new Instagram page about a year later, which is the Rory Gilmore Book Club. Um, if anyone wants to go on and follow. And what we do now is 
Um, every month I make a challenge. It'll be something like a children's book or a book adaptation or a classic book. And then readers can pick any book that matches that from the um, book list of 500 books that were on the show. And um, that way, you know, I'm not picking a book that someone may have already read. People can, can choose what they want. And then all through the month, well, I'll talk about the books on Instagram and highlight different books and give you the episodes where they were um, listed and do different, like just polls and fun stuff um, just to keep people going, get people book recommendations. Um, and it's just, it's become huge and worldwide. Um, you know, I hear from people, I did a poll the other day of where people were from, and I don't think the same country was mentioned twice. So it's really um, incredible how far this show has reached and how far the challenge has reached and how passionate people are. Um, and right now, you know, it's December and we're coming up on a, a new challenge. So that's about where we're at um, to date. I love it. Well, I love so many things about what you just said, but I think the first thing, the fact that your your blog idea was born on your phone, that you had all of these thousands of notes that just turned into the blog and then just sharing yourself, sharing, okay, I'm going to, I'm in COVID. We are stuck at home. I'm going to dive into this series and to, to hear how that spiraled in this great, beautiful way. I never knew the backstory and the backstory makes it even all the better to know where it has gotten to today. So that, how exciting, what a great community think, you built. I think so many people found or refound Gilmore Girls that way as well. And I think that's why it kind of connected at that time and place and why it's continued to connect. Yeah, that's exactly when my daughter and I watch it together. We binged it at the start of the pandemic. And I think she is on her second round of binging mm -hmm. it because that's kind of her go-to comfort show. You take something away, no matter how many times you've seen the episode, there's something Absolutely. That you can find. And you said 500 books? Yes. Yeah, so the original list that had been floating around was about 300 some books. Um, and I realized um, since I, I sort of first took a deep dive and like I said, I, I was previously a lawyer. So we're known for, you know, this like deep diving research um, mm -hmm. that just never ends. Um, so I kind of did my own deep dive and, and just watching the show, I'd hear something and then I'd go and look at the list and see that it wasn't on there. So that old list wasn't fully updated. Um, it didn't include the Netflix adaptation. And then there were all these like really, really obscure references. And as we know, they talk fast on the show. Yeah. Um, and there's so many things that you miss. They might just say something that sounds like a little uh, joke, but really, if you Google it, you'll find out it's a line from a book or you'll start looking around the background and seeing, well, there's this book that shows up in the background that I didn't notice the last time. So that's why the list keeps on growing. And I almost feel like it will never be complete. Um, so it's expanded a lot um, since that original um, list that was on Buzzfeed um, probably about five years ago at this point, five or six years ago. Yeah. And, and what a way to watch. So I've seen it once my daughter's watching it the second time. Now I want to go back because you're right. There are so many just little quips, little phrases, little things that they say that I, I wouldn't have attached to a book, yes. but I love quote collecting. I love lifting lines of books. And so now going back to the episodes and watching it with that lens, that's, that's a whole nother layer of bookish fun <laughs> that we yeah. could add to it. I love that. Okay. So 
you know how we work on the podcast. We're here on a Tuesday, which means we're talking about three books on a theme that we could bring into our reading lives. And so you're you're here today to talk about three books from the list, right? From the Gilmore Girls, from Rory Gilmore, um, that you think we need to know about. And hopefully some of us will will pick up today. But I'm curious because with a list of 500, how did you whittle down the choices to just bring three books to us today? So it was really hard to decide how to handle it. And what I ultimately ended up deciding was that the Rory Gilmore Book Club um, is a community. It's not about me. I'm just the facilitator. Um, the passion of the fans is unparalleled. Um, so what it's really about is what the book club members like reading. And so what I decided to to um, share with you today is the top three books that book club members have picked this year. Um, and it, it has been pretty clear um, what everyone seems to be reading. So those were the three I decided to pick. I love that. I love crowdsourcing what my next book is going to be. And that is the perfect way. So, okay. What was book number one? What was one of the most referenced? Okay, so number one was super easy. I didn't even have to think about it. Um, without question, it has been the most read book, and I think it'll probably continue to be well read. And it is The Secret Life of Bees by Sue Monk Kidd. Have you read that one yet? Honestly, I haven't. It has okay, been so on my list one. for a long, long time. Okay. Um, and maybe this is the kick in the pants I need to finally to finally read it. Give me a sneak peek. What? Tell me about it. Okay. So the first thing um, I'll tell you, um, because I know that readers love to pair the books with the episodes as well, is that um, on my list, I have it as season four, episode two, which is the Lorelei's first day at Yale. Um, <clears throat> so The Secret Life of Bees is it's both a book and a movie. So that's extra fun as well. So you can watch the episode and you can watch the movie and read the book. Um, it's a coming of age story set in the South. And it's about a young teenage girl who's with an abusive father. And she's also dealing with guilt over her mother's death and how her mother died. She feels like she was responsible for it. Um, and she has this um, black nanny who is dealing with race relations and civil rights um, at the same time. And together they end up escaping the house and they become part of this home of um, black women who are sisters and run a bee farm. And the young girl um, starts beekeeping. Um, but that's really only the very minimal part of it. I don't wanna give away anything of the story, but there's so much about civil rights and race relations. There's you know, um, this young girl, Lily, coming into her own, learning about her past and her mother's death and kind of um, coping with her grief. There's more grief um, within the story as well. Um, there's issues that she deals with with her father. Um, there's just so much going on in this book. Um, it's also a love story. Um, but like I said, I don't want to say too much. I, I will say that Sue Monk Kidd is a very, very renowned and popular author. It's an incredibly popular book worldwide, and it has by far been the most popular book um, with readers this year. Okay. Well, I appreciate the no spoilers. <laughs> we <laughs> always try to keep it spoiler free. Um, some of my favorite books are those that have lots of layers, right? There's lots of 
drama, there's family drama, there's all sorts of concepts that are woven throughout the book. And it seems like this book checks a lot of those boxes. That's exactly it. And it's it's hard to even get into because I really don't want to give away plot lines. Right. Um, but just to know that there's there's a lot in this story. Okay. All right. So I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to move it up in 2023 so that I can uh I can add it to my red pile and, and join into the challenge. Okay, so that's the secret life of bees. What about book number two? So book number two is the one that's been the most popular recently. It sort of seems like everyone has been reading it in the past few months. It's a nonfiction book and a memoir, and it is Kitchen Confidential by Anthony Bourdain. Oh. And have you read that one? No, I haven't. I've heard about it. I've heard some really great things about it. I used to watch him on TV all the time. So I'm I'm excited that you're bringing this today. So um, Kitchen Confidential is in episode one. Uh, I mean, excuse me, season one, episode four, The Deer Hunters, um, a very popular episode. And Lorelai is seen reading it um, on the couch while Rory is studying. Um, so it's, it's definitely a very Lorelai book. Um, and as many people know, um, Anthony Bourdain is, you know, a, a food and travel journalist, um, who passed away a few years ago, but for many, many years, he was known for his TV show, um, where he really, um, you know, he traveled the world, but he did it in his very unique way. Um, he had a very unique way of speaking and talking and, and being a journalist, and you see that um, first in his book. The book is what what catapulted him from the kitchen where he was a chef um, in a New York restaurant for many years um, into the world of TV. Um, so the one thing I want to say about this book is I definitely uh, recommend that you listen to it on audio because you get that voice back in your, it's him that reads it, and you get that Okay. unique voice back in your head again. And it's all about um, sort of like the undercover world of the restaurant. So you almost feel like you're being let in on these secrets where he tells you the one and only knife that he thinks chefs need that you don't need this whole range of knives, which is interesting to learn. Um, and he tells you things like what day you never want to order fish at a restaurant. Um, but <laughs> Besides being the secretive look and this memoir of life in the restaurant, it's totally in his words. And if you if you're okay with it, I I wrote down a little quote that I have um, from my book review from my website um, from the book to show show people how he speaks. Yes, um, please do. Okay, so. What I said on my review was the way I would say the sentence is garlic must be handled with special care to extract the best flavor. Um, a very kind of basic way of, of saying it. This is how Anthony Bourdain says it in the book. Garlic is divine. Few food items can taste so many distinct ways handled correctly. Misuse of garlic is a crime. Please treat your garlic with respect. <laughs> Avoid at all costs that vile spew you see rotting in oil and screw top jars. Too lazy to peel fresh? You don't deserve garlic. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is exactly what he sounds like, especially on a series two. I love that. <laughs> and I will say I read this book um, at least five years ago. And every time I see a jar of garlic, I think of that quote. Um, so yeah. it just shows the impact of his writing and the impact of him as well um, and why this book remains so popular uh, with readers today. 
Yeah. I'm so glad you brought this up for a couple of reasons. One is that I, I really enjoyed him and the television shows. We used to watch it consistently. Um, but the, the second reason is that you recommended it on audio. And I have a really hard time listening to audiobooks. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because I multitask and then I can't focus my attention on the book. I don't know if it's because I want to be the one in control of turning the pages and imagining the voices in my mind. But what I have found is that I can listen to memoirs. And especially when the authors are reading the memoirs themselves, because I feel like it's just such a, a higher level connective experience with them. And you're right. It is a very distinctive voice. He has a very distinctive way of talking. And so this is definitely one that I'll add to my audiobook list, um, which will help me hopefully get more comfortable with listening to those audiobooks and then bringing back, just bringing back that, that world, I guess, that he created. So I'm, I'm excited about this one. Yes. And I do say what you said. I, I also see and recommend to people that when people struggle with audiobooks, for whatever reason, it, it's such a more engaging and immersive experience to listen to a memoir mm -hmm. uh, read by an author. So whether you pick this one or a different uh, memoir, um, if you're struggling with audiobooks, that's definitely a great way to do it. Yeah. And I was listening to Gretchen Rubin's podcast the other day, which I love happier with Gretchen Rubin. And she has the same difficulty with audiobooks. She still had difficulty with memoirs, actually, and she stumbled that for her, another suggestion for those of you struggling with audiobooks is that she likes to listen to books that she's already read. So it's more of a rereading experience that immerses her in a, in a different way. So that's something I'm going to give a try too, but I, I really love the idea of listening to this in, in his own words. That's a good idea. I can see many people doing that with the Harry Potter books. Yes. Yeah. All the loved books. So then it's okay if you're multitasking, you're, you're, you know, the story, you know, it's coming, but you're, you're going in a little bit deeper. Right. Okay. So two good ones, both books that I now have to add to my TBR. I'm curious if I will have read this third one. So what is it? Okay. So this one was tough because it's a very divisive book, but I still think that that is is part of why we do book clubs and why we read because it, it it's so fun to see that 50 50 that people either love or hate yes. this book yes it's another um super popular one um and it is the bridges of madison county by robert james waller you are three for three today <laughs> all three i'm going to have to add to my stack all right give me the goods on this one <laughs> okay so um it's actually in what i think is the best written uh, Gilmore Girls episode. It's season six, episode 13, Friday nights, I'll write for fighting. Um, and if you recall, this is the one where, this is the episode where um, Lorelai, Rory, Richard and Emily sit around the dinner table and they go from fighting to laughing, you know, throughout the whole night. Um, I just think it's so perfect and it's so characteristic of how many families dinner tables um, can be um, that it's, it's a mix of all these different things. Um, but that's the episode that it's from. And Lorelai equates Rory to Meryl Streep. And because Meryl Streep was in the movie version of uh, this book and the grandparents to the bridges of Madison County. Um, and one of the reasons I think it's been such a popular book um, this year is a few things. First is that it's one of those books that everyone has heard of. 
Um, and it's a massive bestseller um, from years back. I, I can't recall. I think it was in that early 2000s or maybe even the 90s when it came out. But it's one of those books that maybe you were too young to read or, or for whatever reason were too busy at the time. But you know it's sold millions of copies. You know it's one that um, everyone has at least heard of and knows the name. It's also pretty short. I think it's around 200 pages. Um, so that would also make it a good one uh, for our January challenge, which is a short book from the list. I always do short books in January so that people can get a quick win. And if people it. join in February or March, they can easily catch up. And then the third reason I think it's so popular, um, it was such a popular pick with readers this year is because it's a love story. Um, so that being said, it's extremely divisive as a love story because it involves cheating. Um, and I think that's why it, it really gets that love-hate um, element to it. Um, the basic premise is that um, back in 1965, there's a photojournalist who um, travels the world and takes photos for National Geographic. And he's assigned this project to take photos of the bridges of Madison County in Iowa. Um, and when he goes there, he meets Francesca. And Francesca is a farmer's wife. Um, at the time, her family is away at the state fair. So she's by herself and she's sort of you know, a very lonely woman, um, repressed, you know, um, you know, she, she loves her family, but perhaps is in a loveless marriage and, um, her and Robert, the photojournalist fall very deeply in love in the short time that he's there and her family's away. Um, and it's not just a physical love. It's also a mental and emotional love, um, very deep and very impactful on her. Um, and then I don't want to give anything away, but the book then follows the next few decades of what happens in both of their lives over the next few decades. And, you know, I enjoyed it, um, but it, it struck me when I went on Goodreads um, after I read the book, which I love to do and just see what other people thought. And I had never seen a book more divisive. And it was either, it was not just that it was divisive. It's that people either think it was the greatest love story of all time that they've ever read or every single copy should be thrown in a dumpster and burned. <laughs> and it's it was so fun to even just read reviews that were so colorful in such opposite directions. And since then, I've been take I take polls on uh, the Instagram page for the Rory Gilmore Book Club, and it gets the same feedback. And I even posted the other day someone had posted the little um, screenshot of where Lorelai mentions it. Uh, the Bridges of Madison County on the show and I shared it and said what are your thoughts on this book love love or love the book love the movie better or hated the story and again it was 50 50 um, so it really is divisive but um, again I think that that's part of the reason why we do book clubs and that's what makes it fun and without question it was um, the third best or most popular um, book that readers selected this year. I love those kinds of books for book clubs. It is so much more fun to have a conversation where some of us love it and some of us hate it. And we figure out where to meet in the middle than if we were all just gushing over it or if we all just hated it because the, the conversation, that's where it gets good. When one person talks about what was so wonderful and the other one was like, oh, this is the part I hated. I love that. We recently had a, a book like that in our get literate book club and and now I, I purposely try to seek like what are the books that are going to have that really great bookish 
conversation. And you're right. This is one that I've heard of for a long time. Um, I can picture that episode in my mind and I, I'm kind of stuck right now. And I'm going to ask you the big question of, since I haven't read any of these, which one do you recommend I go in order? One, two, and three. Do you have a personal favorite, even if out of order than how the book club members suggested? So I recommend The Secret Life of Bees because no. okay. not only is it the most popular, but everyone really loves it. Um, and there really are so many layers um, to that story. And I kind of have an understanding from listening to your podcast of the kinds of books you like and the kind of books your readers may like. Um, and I think this is one of those. And I think it also touches upon elements of mothers and daughters um, and found family that I think are also parallel to the Gilmore Girls. Um, and perhaps that's why it's um, it's been popular as well. Yeah. Well, you're right. It does sound perfect for me. Now that you mentioned mothers and daughters and found family, I love the family sagas. I love it. So I'm definitely, I'll start there. I will okay, definitely yeah. start there. Now, we've talked about these three books. You've mentioned reading different kinds of books from the challenge across different months. Can you tell us about the challenge, how it works, and how listeners can find it and find you and join in? Sure. So um, the way we work, the Rory Gilmore Book Club, is it's almost exclusively on Instagram. Um, and the Instagram handle is the Rory Gilmore Book Club. And uh, what I do is there's, I have an Instagram story template that has 12 different challenges. Um, and they're pretty vague. Like I had said earlier, you know, a short book, a children's book, a movie adapta adaptation. So I just try to keep it fun and let people choose what they want um, so that I'm not choosing for people that they can um, pick what, what most interests them. But we also try to stay on a theme and I try to make things seasonal um, also. Um, and then uh, people pick what they want uh, to read and we have different templates and things that you can share your book reviews and then I reshare everything that everyone else posts. So it's very communal. Um, and then also throughout the whole month, I'll be sharing things like my recommendations or, you know, if I see that a lot of people are choosing a book, I'll highlight it and say, you know, I've seen a lot of people are picking this one. You may want to pick it too. Here's the episode it's in. Um, and then what people can also do is, both on my um, blog, which is the literarylifestyle.com and on the Instagram page, the Rory Gilmore Book Club, you can um, either go to my website or click the link in my Instagram bio. And when you sign up for my email newsletter, I have a PDF um, checklist of the 500 plus books um, from the show and thousands of people have downloaded it. It's by far the most popular um, thing on my website um, and people love that checklist. Um, I have it, I keep it on my little, um, kind of like, like my little to-do list. Um, uh, what would, I forget what you would call this, like a little clipboard um, that oh, cool. I come off and tally it at the end. And I'm constantly um, checking it and updating it and seeing what I want to read next. Um, so that's been really popular. Um, and that's how um, readers can join. And I also, um, I try to mention Gilmore Girls a lot. I do, um, two emails a week from my, um, my blog. Um, and I try to also mention a lot of Gilmore girls things through that. And, and next year people had said, um, on the Instagram page that they wanted a lot more emails. So I'm, I'm going to try to do, um, I haven't fully fleshed it out yet, but I'm thinking maybe 
beginning and end a month or beginning, middle and end, um, where I kind of take what's on Instagram and reach those people via email as well. And just kind of say, here's what our monthly challenge is. Here's some recommendations. Here's the episodes you can find them in. And then just kind of keep people motivated um, and moving along throughout the month. I love that. I love that. As as someone who's on social media, but tends to get overwhelmed really quickly by all of the posts and all of the things and what did I miss? And did I reply here? I like, I like that idea of being able to catch up in a, a different way, still feel a part of the book club. And those emails act as really beautiful reminders that that community and that challenge is there and that I wanted to participate. I think that's what I love about your blog. The Well, I can't say that's what I love the most, but I truly enjoy those emails because there's a little bit of everything. It truly is a little bit of literary and a little bit of of lifestyle and readers can just go and sign up for your blog updates too. Right. And get those kind of emails and get your posts. Yep. yep. Um, and I love doing them and I love hearing that from people because that's really where my heart is. I'm a writer at heart. Um, and those emails are just, it's almost like journaling for me, uh, writing those emails. Um, so when I hear that from people, I, I feel like, I'm doing the right thing um, for me and for my business and for people. And you're right. You know, social media is so overwhelming that it is nice to just have that one little email um, that, you know, you won't miss something or to, to give you that reminder, that little kick in the butt, um, you know, to do something. Yes. And that's exactly what happens. So when the email comes through and it, it, it shares what you've been reading and, and things you've been finding, it's like, oh yeah. Oh yeah, that book. Oh yeah, I wanted to do that. So uh, for readers or actually listeners right now, I definitely recommend they head to your website. You said it was the literarylifestyle.com, yep. right? Correct. I will definitely be joining the Rory Gilmore Challenge as a newbie this year. So I'm looking forward to starting that in, in January. And you said the January theme, just to kind of get my brain going for it. That was a short book right? For a yeah. quick win? Yes. And um, okay. I know that Bridges of Madison County, um, I, I, I consider a short book to be under 250 pages. I think last year I considered it 200, but I bumped it up a little bit this year um, to 250. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure Bridges of Madison County qualifies. Um, I think it was right around 200 or maybe 210 pages. Um, Secret Life of Bees is a little bit longer, not much longer, maybe 260, 270. Um, so I guess you can sneak that one into if you want. Yeah. Well, I'm actually hoping to sneak the Secret Life of Bees in before the year ends because it was such a good recommendation. And then I can jump into the challenge and, and get to the Bridges of Madison County. I'm excited. I'm excited. I can't wait to hear what you think of them. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. It was so much fun to chat books it was fun to be on the other end and to get new <laughs> books, all three of them books added to my uh, my own TBR. So again, thank you so much for spending time with us. And I can't wait to interact with everybody online in the new year. Thank you. I'm so glad to be connected. Me too. Wasn't that such a great conversation? I love that I get the chance to talk with bookish people on this podcast, and I'm so thrilled that I kicked off 2023 with a bookish blogger that I admire, and now I have three brand new books to add to my TBR stack for the new year, too. 
I hope you'll join me in joining Jules's challenge. Connect with her lively group of Lorelai and Rory Gilmore fans online and grow your own bookish community this year too. And if you have your favorite books from the show, you know I want to hear about them. You can find me on social media at Affinito Lit. And you can, of course, leave your comments in the show notes. So that's a wrap on the first episode of 2023. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you here next week. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Get Literate Podcast. You'll find links to all the books, resources, and ideas mentioned in the show notes and at alitlife.com. And if you want more, you might like to join my Patreon community. There, you'll find additional inspiration for your reading and writing lives, like bonus podcast episodes, book calendars, monthly book clubs, notebooking challenges, live events, giveaways, and much more. It's only $5 a month and you get instant access to all the previous content too. You can learn more at getliterate.co. But one more thing, if you love what you listen to today, please take a moment to rate and review the podcast or take a screenshot of the episode and text it to a friend. This helps the podcast grow and builds our bookish and notebookish community too. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you.